Yo, 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 what is up, you candid little kittens? Welcome back. You're listening to your host, CLG, on Straight Up Candid. And we are on episode five already. I can't get over it. It freaks me out that we're just blazing through this this year. But I am excited to be back tonight for a very special episode with a wonderful guest, Cass Naidu. Cass Naidu is a wealth and relationship coach and has been one for over 20 years. Her focus is on helping clients create epic relationships and massive success and wealth within their lives. These are the two areas that determine the quality of our lives, but are not consciously taught to us from a young age. Cass believes that everyone deserves great love and great success. And if we are not consciously creating this, then we are sabotaging ourselves. Change will happen. The question is, are you a willing participant? Tonight, Cass and I unpack her eight-week journey and program on creating these conscious relationships, attracting the right partner, understanding yourselves, peeling away at those layers, understanding love languages in yourself and through your partner's love languages, just everything. I had an incredible conversation with Cass and spoke a little bit about my personal relationship with my significant other. So if you guys are keen to... Go on this journey with us. Take a listen. We are back in studio and I am honored to have my very special guest, Cass Naidu, in the building. Cass, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm excited to be here with you. I am thrilled to have you. Um, It's going to be an interesting topic that we're talking about tonight because it's something that I've never, ever spoken about with anyone. Um, And it's quite interesting because um, I found you by chance. Um, Just a quick backstory and a story about how I found you. I was watching this, um, this reality dating show on Netflix not so long ago and um, the host of the show was a dating expert or like a dating coach and I was talking to my friend Danny I was like I wonder if there's anyone in Durban who does something like this or like just coaches people about relationships or dating or anything and she's like well why don't we google and I was like well that's so clever I didn't think about that (laughs) and so we went on to google and we just typed in I think we typed in dating coaches or something like that I can't remember what the keywords were and your name was the first name that pops up she's like what about this lady and I was like oh my goodness she looks amazing let's uh let's get it going so then I emailed uh Cass and I was like okay listen here you don't know me but I'd really love to chat to you um and here we are I'm very excited you know that you're the first person who's been on my show that I actually don't know personally so I'm excited to learn more about you and just kind of hear about your journey and how you got to the space and um, just to hear a little bit more about you well that's quite an adventure isn't it it is an adventure (laughs) I feel like you need to just like dive into us and tell us a little bit about yourself your journey and how you've got to the space all right well uh, I think it all started in the year 2000 um I got divorced just before that, a few years, and uh, I started wondering, I had all these questions, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. Um, Because you start off, everybody starts off a marriage with such great hopes. Of course. This is going to be... You don't see it with an end date. (laughs) It's it's like, this is my forever person. (laughs) Everything's going to be fantastic. And you you have these great expectations of what your life together is going to be. So 
when that marriage ended in divorce, it was it was quite a shocker for me. Oh, <laughs> how long were you married before? We were married for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, I mean, that's uh, a long time to spend with somebody. <laughs> yes, yeah, and, and we were we were courting for 3 years before that. Okay. So, that's a long relationship. <laughs> and and I think a part of me just needed to understand this. Yeah. And like the why. Yes, yeah. yes. Like why? How could this have gone so wrong? Yeah, what went wrong? What yes, did I do? Yeah. What did he do? Yeah. And and I just wanted answers, you know. Yeah. So I just kept searching and searching. And in the beginning, you know, I just started reading books. I would read like four books a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. Uh, I mean you've got so much extra time. <laughs> so much extra time on your hands. Yes, yeah. And and it was like I always felt the next book's going to have the answer. Yeah. You know, or the next yeah. one, or the next, yeah. uh, um, you know, workshop that I go on is going to give me the answer. And and that search just went on and on. And I think it was until I got to a point where I realized I don't think the answers are just out there. Yeah. I think I've got to stop and I've got to look in the mirror now. Oh, okay. You know, and that's the toughest thing. That's to do. the hardest yeah. part is looking at yourself <laughs> and actually going, "Oh, where are the answers yeah, here?" Yeah, because it's it's easy, you know, to say, uh, you know, there's a breakdown in communication, or he did this, he didn't do that. It's easy. Yeah. Um, but when we have to stop and say, "How did I contribute to the breakdown?" Yeah. How did How did you contribute to the <laughs> to the marriage ending yeah, and divorce? That's yeah. the tough. That's the tough part, right? It's a lot of like. Yeah. Inward retrospective yes, thinking. Yes. Yeah. And and I have to admit that when I first saw the cracks, I didn't address it. I didn't know how. Did you feel like you're in a bit of denial about it? Or? Total denial, yeah. But also, you know, it, it, it goes way back to your your upbringing. Okay. And whether yeah. you had a voice or not. Yeah. Whether you were taught to speak your truth or not. Yeah. And in my case, I wasn't. So you, you didn't feel empowered enough to exactly, be able to address yes. those issues. So yes, I guess you yeah. kind of just like shoved them under the carpet and didn't address and them. And hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be like, cool, we'll just sugarcoat this one and yes, carry yeah. on. So, so whenever there's a bit of a disagreement and then the next day you just both pretend nothing happened and you go on with life as as usual. Mm. And that's going to start building up. So it's festering. Yes. Yeah. And at some point, this is going to explode. Yeah, for sure. You know? Um, and yeah, so it, it took a while for me to really dig deep, do the inner work. And the inner work's the most difficult. But it's also the most um, eye-opening journey you can ever yeah. go on. It, it is the most empowering journey. Yeah, because self-awareness. Yes, because you come out of it and it's almost like you discover yourself. Yeah, it's like a total rediscovery. Yes, of like, like, I mean, you might be in your adult years and you've, you've progressed so much in relationships and life and uh, accomplishments, but it's like redefining and rediscovering yourself. Absolutely. So yeah. I had to ask, you know, who's Cass when she's not someone's Daughter, someone's sister, someone's friend, wife. someone's wife, yeah, someone's mother. You know, who's cast then when you take all of this away? Yeah, and that was one of the scariest questions because <laughs> in the beginning it's like I don't know, I don't know who I am. <laughs> it's like peeling away those layers and actually finding yes, out who you are yeah. to your core. And and it's a journey that takes years. 
Yeah. You know, it's not like you go on a weekend retreat somewhere and you come back and you've got You're all the change person <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, I'm I'm awoke now. I'm awoken." <laughs> you have the answers for that point in your life. Yeah. Right? And you have the answers for the next level. The yeah. next step. That's all you, I love you that. have. <laughs> I love that you, you mentioned the next level. Isn't that the name of your company? It is. It's okay. Next Level Up, yes. Okay, so, so, how, so you went on this sort of self-discovery journey. Um, so through reading books and, you know, trying to find the answers, what actually prompted you into this particular journey? Yeah, then the coaching. That's where the coaching started. You right. Know, how did you discover the coaching? Well, I have a teaching background, so oh, okay. I came from, from that. So, so many layers to yes, cast. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, with the teaching background, I, I kind of like attracted the kids that needed to talk. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> they, they were, you know, they just wanted someone to talk to, someone to give them some advice. You, were, think, you were probably the teacher that I was like <laughs> hoping for my entire life. I had so much to say. <laughs> so I think that's where it started. Okay. You know? So then when I wanted to make the switch, that's what I wanted yeah. to do. I still wanted to teach, but just not in, you know, with the syllabus. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. I wanted to, to, to create my own material and say, you know, how do I impact lives how do I create this transformation? And and that's what it's all about. It's about the transformation. Yes. If we can look at where we are and where we want to be, and we'll see, okay, there's a bit of a gap here. Mm, mm. So there's something in the way, you know. It's yeah, either something, the, something's missing, but something is also in the way. Yeah. Exactly. So it's either the mind stuff, we mm-hmm. have limiting beliefs, or it's yeah. the emotional stuff that's standing in the way. Yeah. And if there was nothing in the way, then you'd already be there where you want to be. Exactly. You'd already be there. It'd be like a smooth sailing journey, just yeah, arrive at your destination. Yeah. So the journey is always, you know, finding what those blocks are. Those like missing links. Yes, yeah. And, you know, I just started with a, with one or two clients and um, just helping out friends and seeing how it goes. And the results were phenomenal. So how did you actually, like, how did you figure out, like, who was your market? Like, who were the people that you were, you were targeting? So how did you discover that? Yeah, it started off just with women. Okay. Um, I think I was just and what was their need? What was yeah. their need? The the need was well, initially when I started the coaching was more wide. Okay. Uh, because I wasn't just focused on relationships. I was more looking like at, the life coaching, like yes, broader spectrum. Broader, okay. yes. Because I was looking at you know how how can I transform my life, and then yeah. how can I help other people transform okay. theirs? Yes. You know? love that. Yeah. So then you you kind of like learn a formula. Yeah. Along the way, and you say, oh, you know, each time I apply this formula, I'm getting a positive outcome. Exactly. So let me share this with a couple of people. Like and I don't see. want to be selfish. <laughs> I want to be able to like share it and transform yes, other people's lives. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So in the beginning, it was general coaching. It was a lot of the manifestation stuff. Beautiful. You know, and uh, oh, I had clients like manifest new jobs and increases and new homes. And it was just <gasps> That's magic. Stuff. I love that. I'm a firm believer in manifestation. Yes, so. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. And it was nice to see like the positive outcomes in your clients initially from oh, sort of absolutely. your general coaching. Yeah. Okay. And then I think as the years went by, um, there was a point about 15 years ago, I think now, when I thought, you know, it, it may be time to meet somebody new. Yeah. But where do I go to meet somebody that is like-minded, 
you shares know, the same values. Yes, has a growth mindset, yeah. forward thinker. Where would I find somebody? Yeah, t- like please that? tell me where do we find <laughs> these people? And I had no clue. And no clue where to start. So <laughs> I thought, all right. So there's obviously going to be a whole lot of people out there like me. Yeah, in the same boat. You know that are saying it's time to meet somebody, but mm. where do you go? Mm. And I decided. I think it was an Oprah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what an episode. One, one of the episodes oh, that gosh. I watched. We love Oprah. And she mentioned something about uh, a coffee date. You know, like yes. the first meeting should being always be a, a coffee, coffee date. date. Yes. because it's not too long. It's uh, like an it's hour. Not too short. Yeah, one coffee. One coffee. If you, you don't need have to, to stay get for away. dinner. For starters, Andre. <laughs> Andre's main, all the things. Yeah, yeah. And and she thought, you know, new people <laughs> meeting should. And I thought, hmm, that's a nice idea. And then I thought, why don't I just do that? Okay. Why don't I just, you know. <laughs> Go on a coffee get, day. Get people to come in and, and then say, okay, I think you and you have enough in common. And then I'll match you two up. Oh, matchmaker. <laughs> That's what I started doing. Oh, no way. What is like a speed dating? No, no <laughs> one-on-one matchmaking. Oh, real life. Yes. Okay. Yeah, one-on-one okay. matchmaking. I love and that. Yeah, and I mean, years later, I've matched over 900 people. No, you're joking. <laughs> Can you match me? <laughs> I'm kidding. We'll get into that I'm later. I'm sure that would be easy. <laughs> we'll get into that later. You'd be surprised how it's difficult. It's been pretty difficult. That's why I have you on the show. But we'll get into that. Yeah, and then in the last... About three or four years, I realized that things have changed so much yeah. in terms of people meeting new people. The whole dating world. Dating world is terrifying. Yeah. yeah, with all the apps and, mm. you know, uh, the sites and, and all the nonsense that mm. goes, you know, the Tinder Swindler yeah. kind of thing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Tinder Swindler. We love it. Yeah. So, you know, when I started looking at that and I said, you can put two people together, but it doesn't mean they know how. To create a relationship that is healthy, that is deep, that is meaningful. Yeah. Where both people are committed to Mm. making something work, to building something together. Because really, when I go back and I look at it and say, nobody taught me that. Yeah, there was no textbook. Yes. We didn't go to school and learn how to create great (laughs) relationships at school. Yeah, I mean, that's missing in our school syllabus. Yeah. Right? We we don't ever learn that. And I think, you know, certain subjects we could have done without and maybe we could have learned how to create healthy relationships. I mean, I don't really need to learn about algebra. I don't use that in my school. I mean, I don't use that in everyday life. I definitely use a... Um, dating 101 in my every single day life and my friendships and my relationships. So why don't we learn yeah. about that at school? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the, you know, so, so when I notice there's, there's this gap, so people can meet, but... How do they sorry. take it to the next step y- forward? Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, sorry to say, some some people would say the stupidest things to each other. I know. And that would be, like, considered a red flag for the person. You'd be like, oh, yes, you could have yeah. held back that information until, like, the fifth date, at least. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, you, you don't interrogate somebody on a first date. No. Um, you know, you don't sit there and talk about your ex the whole time. No, no. I mean, you're just showing them but all But these things stuff. were happening. It was happening. And mm. then I realized, no, there, there's got to be another way of doing this yeah. um, you know we can't be so superficial that we're looking at people's faces and swiping left or right I know. and making decisions <laughs> oh my gosh I've had my face here swipe swipe <laughs> okay uh, and I thought you know we've got to go we've got to go deeper yeah we have to go we've got to slow down 
You've got to go back to old-fashioned dating. Yeah, go back to you basics. Know, yes. Ask a lady out on a date. Sit down over a cup of coffee. Oh, I love this. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I thought, we've got to go back to that. Yeah. We've got to see if we're connecting in terms of our values. Mm. You know, do we have And not that? just face values. Yeah. Exactly, mm. exactly. So, you know, then, then that's how I created the program called Creating Conscious Relationships. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so is that exactly what it is in, 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 a, in a nutshell? Is it just, is it coaching people on how to create these meaningful, deep relationships? Absolutely. And what, is, what does that look like to a person who doesn't know what that is? Like, what kind of, what, what is this program and how does it work? And, you know, how does, you know, what is the perfect person to take on this kind of program? So, what, it's an eight-week program. Eight weeks, okay. And what I do is we start off with getting rid of the stuff from the past. Decluttering. <laughs> Decluttering. We've got to let go. Got to get you know, rid of it. Because every time we've been hurt, we form a belief out of that. Yeah. You know, and then you hear people say, yeah. uh, all the good ones are taken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we're like, I've given up. Oh, all the good yes, ones are taken. Yeah, I'm going to be forever know, alone. It's hard work. And, yeah. And and these are the beliefs that keep us from meeting somebody special. Yeah, because we're blocking yes. ourselves yeah. from the perfect person. Yes, because well, like there's no such thing as the perfect person, but like the right person for you, I guess. Yeah, uh, um, we move away from perfection. Yes, uh, through the whole program, I say let go of perfection mm. and rather embrace excellence. I love that. You know, so you can be excellent at whatever you yeah. do, but you don't. It's not about perfection because yes. when we seeking perfection in another or in ourselves we never will satisfied be, we'll always be disappointed always disappointed mm-hmm. and totally unfulfilled and dissatisfied um because perfection is just such an unrealistic um you know point to be at in yeah, your life yeah. it's um, setting the bar at a point where neither you or the other person is ever going to achieve no absolutely yeah. not so okay so it's now decluttering then what's after the decluttering phase what's the next step all right then we do something called an imago match oh, right? <laughs> english english please <laughs> so what that basically means is when we go back to when we were little and we look at our relationships with our parents okay there's usually something that we wanted that we didn't get. That we weren't getting. Yes. Okay. So it's like that disconnect there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what we do is as adults, and this is not happening on a conscious level. So we're not thinking, <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. I'm going to yeah. go and find yeah. it. No. All we know is that the subconscious drive is there. So we're attracted to certain people so that we can get from them what we didn't what get we lacked from, from that parents. particular parent. So they're filling a void that they yes. don't really know that exists because it's in their subconscious. Yes. We're filling a void yes. of what they were lacking. And these relationships are usually really difficult relationships. Really difficult and maybe yeah. toxic for them. Very, can be very toxic as okay. well. But we're trying to heal wounds that we didn't consciously look at. Yeah, I didn't also um, maybe yeah, consciously know that that existed. Mm, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So once people see this, I mean, I mean, there's lots of aha moments that come then, you know, because they, they feel I've never looked at it like this before. Yeah. But once you see it, you never have to repeat that relationship pattern again in the future. Where have you been my whole life? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have saved me from a lot of heartbreak in the last like 15 years of me dating. Oh and goodness. I think a, a lot of the people that are divorced, yeah. um, when they come onto the program, 
they see why they chose that particular partner. Yeah, they identify yeah. the so reason. It's that particular module where they see, ah, oh, now uh-huh. I see why. <laughs> <laughs> That's the aha moment. Like, and also oh, why, why it didn't work. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, well, that's a lot of unpacking. And then from there, what's the next step? And then we talk about attachment styles. What is an attachment style? It is the way we connect or attach to somebody. Right. So you get some people who are anxious, mm-hmm. right? So the attachment style would be, I need to know where you are all of the time. What are you doing? What's obsessive. going on? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. That <laughs> so that's sense. the type that will peek at your phone or you know oh, go gosh. through your emails. Phone you twenty <laughs> times when they're out with the boys. Where yes. are you? What yeah. time are you going home? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's the anxious type because they don't quite believe that you love them completely and mm, that you mm. are actually there right. for them. And then you get the avoidant type. Oh. That's the type that wants a relationship but wants their own space as well. So it's f- like it's like a it's like a limbo. They're like yes. in constant battle between I really want to but I want to be on my own. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And finding so the balance e- between that. Exactly. Okay. So that type first a hint of trouble, they're going to go running for the hills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know a few of those. I think I might have been right. that one person. And then the the dangerous thing is that the avoidant usually attracts an anxious type. Oh goodness! So gracious. can you see the so anxious have, wants you to stay, the avoidant wants to run, and you've got the person running for the hills. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. So then the idea there is to move towards a more secure attachment style. Okay, and more neutral. Yes. Yeah. So secure meaning that I know who I am. I'm okay I, with who I'm. Yes, and I know you're not me. You yeah, know, we're not the yeah. same person. We're formed differently. Yes, yeah. and then you, and generally it's because you're okay on your own. So you come, you're coming into a relationship from a place of wholeness. Yes, and not coming there half full or 50%, and you're coming at a 100% value and only just giving 100% from the person to yeah, the person. Yes, yeah. Because you know when you come in as half a person looking for someone else to complete you? Yeah. <laughs> it started with that Jerry Maguire movie <laughs> <laughs> way back. <laughs> yes, you complete me. You know, oh it sounded so romantic. It sounded so romantic back then. I'm like, but that makes no sense now. Like it's yes. 2022. We can't be saying you complete me. And now we see how dangerous that kind of relationship is because those relationships. It's like, can you imagine two egos fighting for control? Mm, mm, so mm. it's conflict ridden. Um, Whereas when two people can first do the inner work. Yeah, find inner peace. Yes, and find, come to that place of wholeness. Yeah. I like me. I like my life. And I'm okay with yes. being on my own, but I want to find somebody to, to you know, just take my hole and his hole or whoever's hole it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this is not talking about holes now. Um, this is straight up candid and we talk about anything, yeah. <laughs> And just being like, cool, then you, you don't just complete me, you, you double complete me because I'm whole and you're whole. Yeah. So, so when two people that are coming together from that place of wholeness, those relationships can last a lifetime. Yeah. Because we're not dependent on someone else being different to make us happy. Yeah. I'm happy already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I want to share my life with somebody that's, content with who they are Mm. so together we form we create this vision even more beautiful yes of the life yeah the life we want to create uh, the relationship we want and we build that 
That's so beautiful. Yeah. So that's that's, a, that's how we create conscious relationships. You know, that. it's not a, not the fairy tale. <laughs> okay. So that is okay. So what was that? The third step. Um, the third was the attachment styles. The yeah, attachment is love languages. Love love languages. <laughs> is that identifying your love languages yeah. and seeing who matches yours? No, it's being able to recognize your partner's love language and yours. Right. So then it's almost like a language mm. that you speak and yes. understand. Yeah. Because if one person's love language is acts of service and the other person's may be gifts and they want to give all the gifts, yeah. and the person whose love language is acts of service does not read that as love. They just don't see that. They don't get it. Yeah. So the one is saying, but I love you so much. And that's why I buy you all these buy beautiful you these gifts. these things. And they're not, they're not reciprocating it not, with the, you don't the, the feeling, the, the appreciation. Yes. So Do they're not reading it, it even though yeah. it is love, but it's in, in a different language. In a different language. way. Yeah. Do you find that it is important for, um, and this is interesting because I was having this conversation with, um, someone um the other day and how him and i share the exact same love languages and i was thinking to myself you know leading up to this podcast is it really important or is it not important for two individuals to share the same or some kind of common love languages or is it okay to have very different ones i think it doesn't matter okay because it, what matters is that we know what the other what person's love wants. language okay. is and communicate with them in their love language. In their way, okay. So if somebody's love language is acts of service, then you do those little things for them. Because it makes them feel loved. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. okay. I find that, I think that has maybe been one of my biggest struggles um, because I know what my love languages are. And I've, you know, I've asked my previous partners, maybe not so much all of them, but maybe one or two of them, what theirs were. And I struggled to, I, to, to relate to theirs. Um, so, for example, like mine's are words, words of affirmation, physical touch and quality time. I know that those are mine and that's how I communicate. Um, but sometimes I expect my partner to communicate exactly the same way. And so if my partner was receiving gifts, I... I can't stand buying gifts. Like I'm mm. the worst person at buying gifts. But when I don't feel pressured to, I'll do it because I love the person and that I really think this thing will, you know, mean something to them. But it's like, it's almost like a pressure for me. And maybe this is one of the reasons why I haven't had many successful relationships or all my relationship have, haven't been single. I mean, single haven't been successful. Mm -hmm. Hence why I'm semi-single. Um, and I struggle to understand and relate to their love languages. And that's maybe because I didn't realize that it's important to understand theirs and communicate yours because I thought it was more of like, this is how this person needs to be loved. This is how this, this person receives love. That's just, it is what it is. And finding a common denominator. I thought that's sort of like where mm. I was going with it. Well, now it's understanding it I so think, much better. you know, eventually we want to be able to speak all the languages. For sure. We will have the one that's dominant and, you know, mm. like you've named mm. your, your top three. Mm. Um, and that's great because you know it. And the next step is to be able to communicate that to a partner. Okay. So that's how we consciously create relationships. So right? what's we the don't best way? To them to, <laughs> what's to know. Exactly. So what's the best way to communicate? So let's use words of affirmation as an example. Right. So you say, hey, what's your love language? Mine is words of affirmation. And 
because of that, every time I get a compliment, it makes me feel seen and acknowledged and loved. Okay. You know, so or every time somebody maybe sends me a, a song or writes me a poem. Yeah. It's all these words. You're they, speaking they my love build, language right now. <laughs> me up. You know, it, it makes it me come alive. Me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when we're able to communicate that to our partners and when that partnership is the right one for you, that partner will make that effort. It's not going to come easy in the beginning because it may be a, a foreign language for them. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, yeah. but it is the love because the love and the connection is there. We oh, want right. to give the other person what it is they want, not what we want for them. I love that you said that because you said that when it's the right person and when it's the right kind of love, they will go out of their way yes. to make you feel affirmed if that's your love language. I think from my previous relationships, because I had communicated that, like I want to be validated through you or affirmed by you um, by telling you telling me that you love me that I mean so much to you or whatever that you care about me and when I wasn't receiving that I was I felt like my love language wasn't respected acknowledged and I soon realized like now I feel like I've just had an aha moment um, of, okay, those weren't the right kind of people for me. They weren't the right people and they weren't the right love for me. Absolutely. Because that is the sign that this is not your person. Because they would go out of their way. Yes. Is it true that if somebody wants you, they would do everything in their power to be with you and just find every way to just make it right and make it work? I think, you know, people are so diverse. Um, It's so hard. (laughs) It's not just a standard rule like that. When someone is very introverted, they may want to do everything in their power Mm. to give you the things you want, Mm. but maybe the personality doesn't allow them to do that. Okay. You know, and then again, the communication is key. If we can come back, keep coming back and opening up the communication. And if someone that's shy or introverted starts to explain that and say, you know, I know that this is what you want, but this is where my challenge lies. Okay. And just being able to, to like overcome those hurdles together. Absolutely. Um, You grow together. Yes. So you give them the platform for them to rise up. Yeah. You know, you, it's like you, empowering them. Yes, exactly. But you're doing that. that for each other. Okay. Because okay. in a relationship where two people continue to grow, that relationship can last. That thrives. But if you're stagnant, then sooner or later you're going to get bored because it's the same old, same old all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's the, the same uh, conversations. It's the same struggles. You know, that's, that, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here like my mind is just got, running a mile a minute now because I'm just thinking about all of the, the previous conversations that I've had with my past partners about how I've struggled to be able to communicate, like how I like to receive and give love. Um, and it's just never, you know, there was no like connect. There was no sort of like, aha, okay, I understand you. I see you. I hear you. I respect the way you love, the way you want to be loved. Um, And it's just like, okay, cool. This makes so much sense. Now a lot of this is making sense. Okay, so 
identifying the love languages on your partner is mostly so this this particular part of this program is both finding out your love languages and your partners and your partners because that is the key to opening up the communication okay. and understanding each other on a deeper level sure okay so okay, cool. vitally important step. vitally important so we've ticked off love languages okay we've identified them and now what is the next step the next step is self-love self-love and a sense of worthiness. I think that's the, one of the scariest parts, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and you know, the scary thing is that you can you have people who are very confident, mm. but still may not have a sense of self-worth. Okay. So we see the confidence on the outside and we assume that this person believes they are worthy. Because it's almost like a facade that they're putting on, yes, right? Yeah. It, it, it's all surface. It's not like inner self-love. Yeah. Okay, and that obviously requires a lot of commitment from the, the, the person to be really, to be able to find self-acceptance and love. Yeah. And, and, you know, like a little thing, like I ask people to stand in front of a mirror and look, look themselves in the eye and say, I love you. And you'll be amazed how many people cannot Can't do that. Do that. I'm going to try that later. I wonder if I'll be able to do it. <laughs> I'll take a selfie and then I'll look at it later. I'll be like, love you, love you, babes. <laughs> no, I'm sure I'll be able to do that. Okay, so self-love is obviously a massive hurdle for people to come over. Yes, yeah, because as we build self-love, that only then can we set boundaries mm. in our mm. relationships. You mm. know, this is what I will accept and this is what is unacceptable for me. And how does one, like, effectively set those boundaries without seeming like you're too difficult or too um what's the word picky or naggy yeah, how does how does someone really effectively set those boundaries yeah if you coming if you can see yourself coming across as too judgmental demanding mm. you know picky all of those things then that's not the other person's problem Okay, that's, that's your problem. Your that's, that's a you problem. That's <laughs> exactly. a problem that you. I guess it's, it also boils down to communication and how you deliver that message. Yes, because when you are confident in who you are, you know that authentic self. Mm. Then there is no need to control another. You don't. You don't feel the need to to control anybody. Yeah, because you have inner peace and you're just okay. I'm good. I'm you know? good. I'm all Gucci. <laughs> I'm we're, all Gucci. We're walking this journey together, but I'm not walking your journey and you're not walking mine. Yeah, we're walking this together alongside yeah. each other. Yes. And not trying to uh, derail or detour mm. the other person's path. Okay. All right. So that's an interesting one, right? Self-love. What's next? Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. That's a big love. one. I think there's a lot of, a lot of people I know um, struggle with that mm -hmm. and and may come across as like you said um, super confident and have this sort of like exude this sort of like amazing confidence about them. But when you look back, they have so little like self worth and confidence and esteem that it affects so many of their relationships. Because then again, they go back to previous bad toxic patterns and behaviors of what they're originally search, searching for which is voids yes. yeah so you'll see it in toxic relationships you'll see it in um addictions mm. you know so you're looking for something to fill you up yeah so whether it's the drugs or the alcohol or it's um sex, sex whatever it is yes gambling whatever it is um even um porn and mm. uh, um binge watching series for yeah. hours and hours on end you know 
all of that is trying to fill a void that we don't even want to look at. And do you think those voids are also instilled from our childhoods? Like, you know, how you mentioned we're, when, we, when we're picking a particular person that fills a void of, of something that we're lacking in our relationship with our parents, do you think those voids come from our childhoods as well? Or Absolutely. Is Absolutely. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, we can be in our yeah, 20s, 30s yeah. and yes. finding these, these voids. If you look at the first seven years of your life, mm. your brain is like a sponge. It's just picking up everything just, from your uh, environment. Absorbing so, everything. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it, there's no filter that says, um, this, is not, this is not good, so it's I'm not, not going to take that yeah. in. But this is wonderful, I'll take this in. You know, this yeah. is a, a strong positive belief, I'll take that. All we do is we observe, we feel everything that's coming mm. from, uh, from our environment and we take that in. Okay. So if dad is the absentee father, mom is the stay-at-home mom and she's just taking care of the kids and the home and, you know, balancing all of it on her own. And we grow up to believe that that is what a marriage should that's look like. That's the norm. Yes. Oof. That that's what the male figure does. That's what the, the female it's does. We're conditioned to yeah. believe, yeah. And the male then attracts the female that's very much like the mum and the female attracts a male partner that's very much like the dad. Because we're trying to now get from this partner what that particular parent didn't give us. Sure. Okay. Okay. That one is so huge that if we can wrap our heads around that one, we don't ever need to repeat that pattern in another relationship going forward. Do you find that you get a lot of clients who come in there with absolute such state of denial about their their childhoods and and what they don't want to necessarily believe was lacking in their childhoods? Yeah. In the beginning of the program, I find that... um, uh, people are quite subdued and they d- they're not open about talking about but apprehensive stuff. yes yeah because yeah, they feel maybe they still need to trust mm, mm. Um, and naturally and, yeah. and of course we've conditioned to keep the bad stuff under wraps Just suppressed stuff it down yeah. you know put it away put, put on the put on the facade of the mask wonderful yeah but I think as we go by the time we're on the third module everybody's like uh-huh. realizing, oh no, you know, this is, a, this is a space for me to grow and evolve. Mm. This is the Because they've committed to this program. Yeah. And I think everyone who does this program is, is at a level of, of, of maybe, for lack of a better word, desperation to just make themselves better and their relationships better. So there is a level of commitment, but maybe also a sense of apprehension because they're not really not really sure of how they are going to like jump through all these hurdles and these modules. Um, and I guess that is a scary place to be in. But maybe further down the line, like you said, by module three, they're like, oh, wait, let me go back to module two, one or two. And, and that's what I find honest, happening. <laughs> yeah, find, be honest with ourselves and be honest with you. That's crazy. Yeah, because one of my clients said to me the other day that, she she started module one and she thought she was just going to be sitting there listening to something. <laughs> and then not five minutes in, she says, pause, I need to go and get me a whole big book here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I've got to be taking notes no, and I've got to be doing these exercises. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Said, filled up the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like me. I'd be sitting there like <laughs> color coding and marking every note. Yeah. 
but but you kind of emerge a different person yeah because you now understand so much about yourself mm, mm. so the person going into the next relationship is not the same person that went into the last absolutely one absolutely not so maybe hopefully hopefully the real truest like authentic version of yourself because you're so self-aware after identifying all of the things that have been uh, not so good in your in your life yes. and your relationships before because if we can understand why our past relationships didn't work yeah. you know then we're bringing ourselves to this neutral point and then we start building so we build ourselves up we build mm. this person that mm. you know what do who do i want to be in the next relationship yeah and that question is so much more important than this is what i want yeah cuz it's so easy <laughs> it's so easy for us to like write a list and be like these are all the green flags that i want in a relationship or these are my deal breakers yes. it's like do i want to repeat the same things that i was doing in my previous relationships and now you've got me really thinking of have i done that work and to a certain degree i've done a little bit maybe a smidgen maybe i need to come on your course um, <laughs> and uh, really really do a little bit of um sort of soul searching and and ask ask yourself some pretty hard questions about like what wrong things were you doing in your previous relationships that could have aided in the breakup or mm-hmm. the the fail of your marriage or your relationships or whatever it is i think that is a really really difficult but really important question to ask yes. yourself and once you claim that you know you can say yes i see this in myself yeah now you you brought it to the light You can't not know it. You can't not see it again. Yeah, it's the, it's like it'll never be unseen. Yes. So when that behavior comes up again, you'll be able to recognize it so quickly. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think um so one of the one of the reasons why I brought you on here is because I've had such a fear of dating for two and a half years. Um my last relationship ended um just over two years ago and in the last in the space that you know I've been single, I have been so fearful of getting into another relationship because I was afraid that it was just going to be a repetition of all of the previous relationships that I've had and I was like I'm not willing to go through that again. I'm not willing to go through the heartache and the heartbreak again. And so I mindfully stayed single to just go on this own journey of self-discovery and awareness and and really figure out who I was at the core because I think I lost my identity and who I was in those relationships for a very long time. because I was living for that person and their needs and their desires and not mine and I'm glad that you said you know it's so easy for us to say this is what I want but I wasn't addressing what I was doing that was actually wrong and maybe it was having a lack of self-awareness and having a lack of of knowing what I want and who I was Maybe I'm having my aha moment now. <laughs> um, I was, and I've, I've thought about I'm this a lot. I'm watching it. You're watching it. this little hamster <laughs> wheel go, and was was really not having an identity and a voice in those relationships because it was like, cool. What do you want? How do you feel loved? Okay, let me do this for you. Let me do that for you. And I was never, I never felt comfortable enough to be able to be like. Well, I don't feel heard. I don't feel seen. Mm-hmm. I don't feel loved. And this is what I want out of this relationship. This is where I see our relationship going. And so now I'm in a bit of a different space, which we'll get into after you've told me all of your amazing modules <laughs> of this program and have finally come to like that point where I'm like, okay, I'm okay now 
to be able to, because I think I've recognized certain past behaviors that I would do. I think I was like the anxious, the anxious type, mm-hmm. like a little bit like, oh, I like to have control over things. I want to know. I want to know everything. I think I was like that as a child. I think my mom's like that. I know she's like that. My sister's like that. So we all kind of just want to know, you know, all the details, what time, when, how, where, what, you know, who's going to be there. Um, and it was mostly because we were anxious about, you know, what could possibly happen. What is the, the potential mm-hmm. out of that happening? Um, so looking back at that now, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Now I know that I'm on the right path, I think. Yeah, that but need I, for certainty. Yeah, that, that, that certainty. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you know, when you, when you talk about being single and most, most people that I meet that are single for a while have a fear of rejection. Oh yeah, right. That's, that's my. That is my permanent fear. <laughs> and, and and what you were just describing here is when we put our focus on the other person. Is when we have that fear of rejection, we can become people pleasers. Oh, I'm one hundred percent a people. I'm one hundred percent people pleaser because I'm like, well, I just want to do everything in my power to make this person feel happy so they don't reject me. And that is, it's a horrible place to be in because then you're just like yes. pouring from an empty cup. Yeah. But um, you see when you start working on the self-love and when you, um, it, it's almost like that inner shifts that take place when you come to that place of wholeness and you realize I actually cannot be rejected. Yeah. Because, because I'm okay I'm with accepting myself. Oh, I love that you said that. It's so, oh gosh, I can't wait to get into the rest of this. Um, because it's, it's, and you know, like my, my dear friend Rev, our mutual friend, he, he always says to me, I'm okay with being alone because I have such inner peace. And I was like, I never understood what that meant. I really didn't. He's been like barking this down my ears like for like a year now. He's like, I'm so okay. I, I can't feel rejected. I can't feel, you know, uh, unhappy that I'm single, unhappy that I'm not in a relationship because I'm okay with being on my own and I'm I'm really, really fine. Yes. I don't need anybody else to make myself feel like Beyonce. He's got it. He's got it. He <laughs> really got has it. got it. And a, a couple of weeks ago, well, maybe like two, three months ago, I had like that moment of, hang on, like I'm not willing to just go put myself in mediocre situations and relationships or on mediocre dates with people that I know aren't right for me because I'm no longer fearful of being rejected by that person because I'm actually okay. I'd rather be on my own and wait, not necessarily wait around because you can't really wait around for the right person, but just Allow it to manifest, allow it to like mm. just attract it. attract it and not force it and not like, you know, beg and, and, and ask all your friends, oh, when are you going to introduce me to someone? When are you going to find me the right person? It was more like, I'm okay. I'm okay with being on my own and just doing my thing. And I, I feel like I found that inner peace and it was all through sort of my, the coaching, quote unquote, through um, my bestie Rev. So it's interesting that, that you've, you've brought that upon. Yeah. Yeah, because once we start letting go of that fear, that fear of rejection, that someone else can actually reject me. Yeah. Once we let go of that and we say, what's the worst that can happen? You know, they say, I don't really like you anymore. I don't really like you. Yeah. And it's it's great. I'd rather know that up front because you're not my person. Exactly. Because your person is going to come towards you. Exactly. Your person is going to want exactly what you have to offer. Your person's going to look at you and say, where have you been all my life? Oh, I've just heard those, <laughs> I've just heard those words pretty recently. But uh, before we get into that, um, 
the one one of the time one of the moments where I realized that I was actually just not afraid of rejection. Um, I went on a couple of dates with um, a guy last year um, we met through some mutual friends and we got along really well and we had great sort of chemistry it was like you know it was just nice you know there was, it was just easy for us to get along we went on a couple of dates and you know I, I started noticing there was a disconnect um, in the beginning it was like lots of talking and lots of you know da 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 I want to see you what 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 and then I noticed there was a bit of like a fallback on both sides and it wasn't one person was just like avidly going out and the other person was just like nothing no thank you and I actually invited him out to an event the one day and he politely declined. He just said, no, thank you, Carly. Like, I, I won't be joining. And shortly after that, he's like, listen here, you know, you're a wonderful girl and I adore you. I think you're amazing, but I just don't see this going anywhere. And it was the best thing that he could have ever done for me because I was feeling the same things. I just didn't know how to be the rejector. Mm-hmm. So I would rather be the rejected than the rejector. But I didn't feel rejected. I felt respected and actually honored because I was like, cool, he knows what he wants. He knows that I am not what he wants and he knows that he's not what I want. And we're such good friends now. And it was so beautiful because it was such a nice moment for me. I I mean, I could have gone into like a downward spiral and been like, oh, nobody loves me. You know, I'm never going to find somebody. But it allowed me to just go, okay, this this is how normal people reject each other mm. this is how normal people go listen here this is just not working out i don't feel the spark i know i'm not your person you're not my person and that's okay mm. it's okay to go on a couple of dates and realize that after a few days that's the reason why we date right yeah. I, absolutely and i wouldn't even call it a rejection i just not. say it's a preference it's a preference and that's it's it. just mm. it's just it, that it just wasn't meant to be it just wasn't the right love for you because you want the connection you want the connection. When you have the connection, yeah. then, you know, because often people say, you know, I want to meet someone that's a certain religion, a certain age and a certain job category and things. And I say, you know, you can have all of that. You can have a, a long checklist and have all of those things. But if you don't have a connection, you've got nothing. You've got nothing. They could check all your boxes of religion, faith, politics, views, values. Absolutely. But if there's no chemistry and connection and fire... Then what do you have? Yeah, you have friendship. Maybe yeah, you have friendship. You have a a mutual friendship, a beneficial friendship where you Mm. can have great conversations about things that you both enjoy. Um, But if you have that deep connection with somebody, and there's some differences, not all the items on your checklist are checked off, Mm -hmm. you will make that work. Well, that's interesting. You say (laughs) that. I I I once dated a guy. for a brief amount of time, um, and it was it was a it was, I would call it a situationship. I find myself getting into myself getting into a lot of situationships here, Cass. Like you don't even understand. And um, the one thing that was different, well, there was a few things that were different about us. We had the most incredible connection that was undeniable. But the one thing was faith. We shared different spiritual faith or religious views, and that was such a deal breaker for him. And I never quite understood it because I was willing to accept whoever he was, but there was no reciprocation. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting because I'm like, you know, my grandparents had two different religious beliefs and they were married for over 40 years before my grandfather died. And they made it work because they had such a beautiful connection. They were willing to make it work. And for a long time after that relationship ended, I was like, I don't understand. Like, surely you love me or that our connection is strong enough for you to look past that. And so there will probably be a few people listening to this that 
are currently going through that kind of struggle is having that so I know religion and faith is something very big as a as a as a value in relationships to try and find the common denominator in a relationship but how does one you know overcome that is it really depending on that connection or is it the connection is just you know it's not good enough to be able to look past again it comes down to our conditioning yeah you know, what have we been conditioned to believe that we cannot ever dispute yeah you know so if that faith is so strong and it has to be this path and no other path is acceptable so if someone's of a different faith for that person that's almost impossible right but the sad thing is we often only see it in hindsight mm. so 20 years down the line you'll be with somebody that's of Probably the same faith all your boxes yes, but and you've you've spent 20 30 years together but there's a part of you that would know that there's a love that i had with somebody else who didn't share the same different faith well that's interesting yeah. you say that because <laughs> i wonder if that particular person looks back one day is like actually it wasn't so green on the side but it was green it was pretty green there but that's okay yeah, unfortunately Everything some happens of these for things a reason. come with age eh? exactly <laughs> uh, maybe 20 years from now I'll get a call <laughs> hopefully not um okay cool so the, here, there's a lot of there's a lot of things we've got to, we've still got to talk about I'm super excited okay so you've gone through what was our last one we were talking about I think it was love languages the self love self love yes yeah, self love okay what's the next okay, then we 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 talk about balancing masculine feminine energies and when right. i say energy i don't mean men have masculine and women have feminine mm. because both men and women have both masculine and feminine energies yes of course the yin and the yang yes. yeah so the idea is for a man to be able to balance his masculine and feminine and for a woman to be able to balance her masculine and feminine. Right. And you'll find today especially in the corporate world, women have dominant masculine energies. Okay. Is it because <laughs> they're trying to compensate for something or why? No, it's because they had to. That's oh, they've been the, conditioned to. That's do how that. the the corporate world is. So it's all about striving and goal setting and action, making things yeah. happen. You know, it's forceful. Being bigger, better. Yes, yeah. yeah it's a competition. Mm. Um, getting ahead, uh, no matter what. Um, so women have had to become masculine dominant in the workspace. Mm. There's no room for the girliness. Yeah, the emotions right. yes. and the femininity. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is that because of that most people feel that the masculine energy is is strong and the feminine energy is weak. Okay. And that couldn't be more wrong. Okay. Because That's interesting. <laughs> if you if you look at um let's take for example a river. Okay. So the river bed is the masculine energy. Right? It is what holds the feminine Mm, the feminine mm. is the water that's that flows. flowing through yeah. so it needs the structure of the masculine but it needs the flow okay. of the feminine okay. so the feminine energy is the creative energy so no matter what it is you want to do you want to start a new business you want to start a new relationship the creative energy is needed to start that yeah So you can't just be logical and structured yes, and doesn't because then it'll be very boring yeah, and have color and the feminine energy is receptive yeah you know so you need both you need to give and you need to receive so men have to learn to do both 
And women have to learn to do both. That is incredible. Again, we're coming to that place of wholeness. Oh, I love that. And we can balance that. Yeah, I think and that's I, so far been like one of my favorite parts. <laughs> is really balancing that. Yes, and, and I've been so, it's been amazing just watching this because I look at the women and I see the majority of them, when they do the exercise, mm. they come up as masculine dominant. No way. Yeah. Only because of conditioning, yeah. really. And, yes. and so what's happening is men coming into relationship with these women are completely confused. Yeah. It's like it's in my DNA to be the provider and the protector. Yeah. But for this woman, I can't be that because she She's provides so for herself. Do- yeah. Yes. And do you find that that's where men are often intimidated yes. and feel like they are less of a man because they're like, well, this is my responsibility. This is my yes. duty. But their masculine energy is a little too strong and the female's masculine energy yes. is too strong. So and then it collides. The clash, yes. And there's no like flow, yin of yang. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. That so can you see like if we come into balance, mm-hmm. then we're coming into that wholeness again. So when, we, when we're meeting our partners, we're coming together in partnership as opposed to relationships from 20 years ago mm. when the man was the provider and the protector and the woman was the, the nurturer, the yeah, caregiver, yeah. right? The homemaker. Yeah. So we don't have relationships like that anymore with the younger people. Yeah. Both are going out to work and both yeah, are both, we're both making the money. <laughs> yes. We're both coming in. We both need a co-parent. I mean, I do believe in, I, I, I'm a firm believer in equality and balance and, and, you know, both having responsibilities and roles within the home, um, whatever gender you may be. Mm. Uh, and I think it's just finding the, like, the mutual respect that if you are both parents, if this is your child, it's his child, her child, their child, whatever it is, it's a, it's a mutual a decision it's a mutual responsibility there needs to be some give and take giving and receiving masculine feminine um you know there's time for emotions but there's time for logic and there's time for you know all of these different sort of feelings um to come out uh i think that's beautiful i love this one i love this balance i love this balance okay tell us the the rest of them in the seventh one is what I call love resolutions. Oh, wow. Are these <laughs> so like goal it's not setting? Conflict resolution, it's <laughs> love resolutions. Okay, beautiful. Um, because in any relationship, you're going to come to a point where there's going to be differences. Mm. And when I talk about love resolutions, it's not wanting the other person to be you. Okay. Not wanting them to think the way you think, believe what you believe, act the way you act. You know, yeah. we must be able to allow for those differences. These are the partnerships like blending we're talking the about. Differences. Yes. Okay. And when when we can come together and I give like a specific process that couples can use when conflict is there, that allows two people to lean in, because every challenge that you overcome together brings you closer strengthens the foundation yeah whereas if we go running in different directions you know and we're blaming each other then we don't resolve that and that's where the the conflict just and that manifests and festers and and amplifies exactly so if you're having the same um differences and And arguments arguments over and over again that's just on repeat that's when those you're not resolving anything Mm. okay Jeez, yeah. that, that must be quite a uh, sort of a challenging sort of aspect of this of this journey because I think a lot of people are afraid of 
of addressing these problems because yes. they're scared of rejection. They're exactly. scared of someone <laughs> running for the hills because you may be ready to do yeah. that. But like you said, the right person will meet you halfway and be able to be like, cool, I'm in this. I'm in this 100%. I'm willing to resolve these these conflicts and issues. Yeah, wow. And it is about the commitment. You know, you're yeah. coming in, you're making that commitment to build this life together. Mm. And you come in with the realization that it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. You're not but striving for perfection. Yes, but we can be excellent at you it. You can be strive for excellence. <laughs> so I, I talk that. about epic relationships. Epic. I mean, we want epic relationships. We don't mediocre. We want epic. Yes. If you're going to be in a relationship, us. you might as well make it epic. Why not make it epic? Why would we want to live such like average and mediocre lives when we can be living epic lives and have epic relationships? And how does this all tie together? It all ties together. The last module we talk about conscious relationships, what it looks here we like. are. We've arrived. <laughs> yes, yeah. What, what that looks like, and bringing that person, that person that is whole, yeah, um, coming together and having all those conversations up front. Um, I find so many couples come together because there's a physical attraction. Yeah, you know, and then they're not having the deeper conversations. There's no emotional at all. and yes. intellectual so, sort of connection. Yeah, yeah. So it's just about the fun stuff, and yeah. you know, we're going out, we're having fun, we're we look our good friends. together, we yes. take great photos together. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like a superficial fake. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it takes them six months, a year down the line, they realize, okay, our values are not aligned. Yeah. Um, We may like what each other look like. Yes. And it might be a physically great relationship. Exactly. Where's the the good stuff? Where's the sweet spot of what's going to allow us to have longevity in our relationships? And that's sort of applying. So this is the conscious relationships part, sort of the the conscious. So the conscious relationships means you have all of those conversations up front. So it's like, it's, it is, and this is the beginning phase of the relationship. And I know you said, like, on the first date, you don't bombard them with a million one, one questions, yeah. questions, and you don't talk about your your past and or your baggage. Mm. Um, but it's having the the conversations that you want to have to be able to move forward within that relationship. Yes. There's a difference between dating and relationship, right? Right. And we we must see see these see two the things difference. as completely yes. separate right? for me yes so dating is just simply us trying to figure out is this somebody i would want to get into a relationship right with? so you it's fun it's light you're getting to know each other yeah so the first date is just to see do we have a connection mm. is there uh, an attraction here uh we, do we do we match each other on an, on an intellectual level? So yeah. do we understand each other? Yes, yes, right? yes. Can we have a conversation? Yes, yeah. Can we, without can it being we, like, yes. <laughs> for like an hour. So so that, that can happen in a first date. You'll yeah. know whether there's a, a physical and a, a mental connection. Yeah. So it takes a little while for the heart to get involved. And mm. that's when we see, yes, we have an emotional connection. Right. And then the f- there's still one more. There's the spiritual connection. And that doesn't mean religion. Yeah. That means are our values aligned. Right. Um, when we look at each other, can we see us building something that is valuable together? Sure. Is there a legacy that we will leave? Yeah. Because we yeah. came together. For our children and our yes. children's children. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. beautiful. So so that's the spiritual connection, you know. Um, so when we have those four, we've got a really solid foundation. And only at that point, when we have those conversations about, so what does a, an ideal relationship look like 
to you. Mm. You know, mm. if you were, and, and I'm not saying me, I'm saying if you got into a relationship today, where would you like to see it five years from now? And having those conversations. Yes, it's having those kind of conversations. Not on a first date, but on a third or fourth date. Yeah, yeah. So After these kind of things. Like yes. these little things out. <laughs> and I wanted to know, and I'm, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Is it possible to be able to... How do I explain? How do I explain this? Just like fast track all of that in such a short space of time. It's funny. Does, you it, ask make, does that. it make sense? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, because funny. I'm currently experiencing this right oh, okay, now, guys. Okay, which we're going to unpack a little bit. I'm going to send you an email. <laughs> yes. Okay. Can so, we fast track this is, all of us in such a yes, short space? Yes, I, I think so. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm right in the middle of an experiment right now. Please explain. Okay. Tell me. So. Yes, yes, I would love to. Okay, because I've <laughs> so, got so many questions. This is so exciting, right? So what I've done is I've invited three men and three women to to come on board for this experiment. They don't know names, mm. um, no po- no photographs. Proper blind. Yes, no blind photographs, um, no video, nothing. nothing. So they don't know their, their real names. Okay. Right? Okay. It is just a voice call. So I asked the gentleman to call the lady and I've got 20 questions and they they each answer all of those questions. That is awesome. So both answer It's like the question. that Love is Blind yes, show. Yes, inspired by no that. Way, I love that. I think that show is absolutely ridiculous. But yes. I kind of believe it. And, I'll, and, I, and there's a reason why I believe it because... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not experiencing a Love is Blind moment, but I'm experiencing a moment where I'm just like, oh, wow. You know, I connected with somebody... And within a couple of days, like, like there was just crazy amounts of fast tracking, all of this. Okay, but before we go on to that, I'm so curious about this experiment. I'd say, so they have this voice call, yeah. 20 questions. So, so they go through all, all 20 questions. So they still don't know who they're talking to. Yeah. Don't know what they look like. But the questions are those deeper questions. Okay. You know, where they're asking... Um, it's not like, where were you born? What's your favorite color? No. It's You know, that it's you can see stuff. on somebody's profile. Instagram page. <laughs> My yeah. favorite color is blue. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really going into the, so what is your love language? Oh, that's beautiful. You know? And it's asking about, like, if you got into a relationship today, where would you like that relationship to be five years mm. from now? Mm. It's asking, do you see yourself having kids one day? Yeah. Do you know how many couples I've met that one person has it in their mind that they never want to have kids and, and they don't communicate that to the other person? Yeah. And and six months down the line, they're together. That is a deal breaker. Absolutely. And that should have been spoken about up front. But do you feel like, I mean, that's, that's an interesting uh, point you brought up because I was in a relationship where where we spoke about kids. We were together for a long time. We spoke about kids and it was like the shared common denominator mm-hmm. that we really want. We both love kids. We both wanted kids. And then one of the reasons why we broke up is because he changed his mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was because he had like this coming of age, sort of like existential crisis, you know, whatever realization, aha moment. I don't want to have kids. I was like, you know, how has this not been communicated over the last couple of years? Um, and I know a lot of people can change their minds. I mean, it yes. happens all the time. And you see in a conscious relationship, you'd go into the why of that. Yeah. What prompted that? You know, oh, no, I know happened. why he doesn't want to have kids anymore. Like, it makes sense. But for me, it was like, I just don't get this. Like, we've already spoken about this. Like, this should have been addressed. 
But now looking back, it was like, maybe there were some things that he needed to deal with yeah. and work through before he was able to come to that realization. I was like, actually, maybe I do want kids. It was like a yeah. moment. Who knows? Hope he does have kids. Hope Whatever. Whatever suits him. Yeah. Whatever floats his boat. And, and, you know, the sad thing is that at different points in our lives, we want different things. Absolutely. So... That could change next year. I mean, it changed <laughs> we for don't me. Know. Up until the age of like twenty-three, I didn't want to have kids. I didn't want to. I, I don't even really like kids. And then I started looking after children. I was like, oh wait, hang on, these things are little. They're kind of cool. Like <laughs> yeah, I can learn a lot from them. And I had that aha moment of like, okay, I do see myself being maternal and mothering and nurturing, and I do want to have my own sort of rugrats running around, um, whether it's you know, biologically or non-biologically yes, yeah, adopted, yeah. whatever it is, um, somebody else's kids, I don't mind. I mean, I'm open to all of that. But I think it's definitely something really important to have in the beginning phase of your relationship because you don't want to be four years or six months down mm. the line and go, wait, we don't want the same thing. Yes, yes. And then you feel like you've wasted your time or that other yeah. person's time for you know, six months isn't a long time in the great grand, grand scheme of things, but it really is time that you've robbed yourself from actually finding yeah, a more yeah. conscious relationship somewhere so, else. So that's why I'm doing the experiment. I'm to so excited. Because one of the questions is, what's your deal breakers? Yeah, what's your deal breakers? <laughs> that's so funny because um, getting into the interesting part for me, I'm in a very new situationship. And I say situationship delicately. Um, only because of circumstances and without really going into too many details because we're still in a bit of a private space where we're trying to figure things out and it's very new. And um, But we know in a very short space of time, Cass, it's crazy. We packed in like three or four months of dating into like three weeks. And, you know, from the minute, it's like from, from the minute we saw each other, it was like that instant physical connection. Cool. He looks cute. I look cute. Whatever. I didn't look cute that day. I don't know what on earth he saw in me. But anyway, we'll just ask those questions later. Well, you and look cute today. Thank you. <laughs> he told me that today. Um, and uh, there was that instant physical con um, physical connection, like from face value. And then by chance, by accident, pure accident, like divine intervention, timing, whatever you want to call it, call it manifestation. I don't know. We had a common denominator, which was a friend of his who recognized me and was like, hey, golly, what's up? And we started talking. And then a few hours later, I was invited for dinner and I got talking. And within 30 minutes of us alone talking in the space, our friends conveniently went and put their kids to bed and left us alone for 30 minutes. We unpacked like a week's worth of dating in 30 minutes he was so interested and had so many questions and had just, but not like interrogative questions, was like curious and really interested to know who I was, what made me tick, what, and I felt in, in every sense of the word, seen, heard, loved, cared for, appreciated in 30 minutes. And I was like, oh wait, hang on, where's this guy been my entire life? Like asking the right questions, not, you know, telling me too much, not asking me too much, not pushing too many bad buttons. And then I was reciprocating. So it was like this table tennis game of back and forth, back and forth. And it was just, it was, it was like electric. And then when we were interrupted by our friends, I was like, oh, hang on. I forgot that you guys are here. <laughs> and it was almost as if like nothing else existed in the world other than just the two of us and speaking about this. Anyway, fast track a few days later. I never thought I'd see him again. He doesn't live in this country. Um, 
He lives very far away and he went back yesterday. And um, it was like, we spent a good couple of days. He extended his trip and he stayed in South Africa for a whole week extra just to see. I mean, after a few hours of just seeing this man, he wanted to see me longer. And he flew back to Durban from somewhere else in South Africa and was like, I just need to understand you. I need to get to know you more. And, 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 and there's just so much we need to unpack in the time that we have. And we did. We spent like five solid days together just, you know, unpacking so much in a couple of, just a couple of hours that we knew we had limited time. So we, we it was fast-tracked, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But by the time he left, I, I felt like, I felt like, I was dying. It was the craziest feeling. I was like, and we both said to each other, where on earth have you been? Like, like where have you been my entire life? He said to me, where have you been my entire life? And I, I couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't figure it out. I'm like, how is this that we've connected on so many different levels and we've asked all these hard questions that you've asked me like, mm. to you know, mention before and they just align. Everything just aligns. Doof, 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 doof. But because of circumstances, you know, he has to be in his country and I have to be here that has been the biggest reason and obviously there's other little people involved and you know there's there's other circumstances and situations that is preventing us from going forward with this but for me i'm like i'm still trying to wrap my head around this situation i'm like have i met the right person because i don't doubt it it's crazy i mean it's the first time i felt like this in my entire life it's crazy help me cass you know i i heard this story before uh please don't tell me please don't tell me they had an unhappy ending oh no 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 they they have the most beautiful amazing relationship Um, but he said to me the first day he saw her he knew that this was the person for him and he said to a friend of his this is the woman i'm going to marry and he did oh my god he did they knew from day one. Is it's, that possible? It's, it, it, it's possible, very possible, because every time I put something out regarding soulmates, mm. I get people coming up to tell that uh, similar stories to that. It's, it's Kaz, I've never, ever in my entire life been in this kind of situation. I know I'm exposing myself massively on my <laughs> podcast right now, but you know what? I don't care. If it doesn't work out, who cares? It was a massive, you know, season of my life that I'm currently in and that I'm really passionate about and really excited about. And I've spoken to my friends about it and I'm like, it's so hard to explain. I can't explain it. Like, how do you explain when you look at someone and you're like, oh my word, mm-hmm. is this the person I've been looking for my entire life? And then as soon as we started speaking, I was like, oh, wait. Where? And I kept on saying to him, I'm like, where are your red flags? When is the penny going to drop him? And then I spoke to his friend and his friend was like, what you see is what you get. There's not, no surprises. You know all the things already. It's not like something's going to come up and he's got some, you know, scary skeleton in the closet that I don't know about. It's like, okay, aha, this makes sense. And um, I think what what makes me fearful is the length of time that we packed everything into so quickly and i'm like but how is it possible to to know so early or how's it i mean i'm not gonna say if i know or not on this podcast but how do you know like how do you truly know when someone is just right for you i think you've answered all that all the all, all that particular question quite nicely but you know if if i can give a word of advice here please all the advice the thing you've got to release is the fear. 
because that is the block. Mm. Um, when we resist and we're looking, there's got to be something wrong. Where's the red flags? Mm. If we go in, whatever we focus on, mm. we will find. Yeah. If you can accept that this is not a perfect person, but this could be your ideal person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and just as, and, and I'm not saying, you know, we must be blind because we have to be very conscious and aware when we're stepping into a relationship. But at the same time, we must be able to see our past patterns when they pop up. Yeah. And that's the fear. And quickly address yes. them. Yeah. So when, you, when that, that fear is popping up, it's to look at it mm. and not stuff it down mm. and say, okay, so you're here again. I see you popping up again. What are we going to do about to, it? Yeah. yeah, speak to that fear and say, so what's the worst case scenario? I'm asking you. What's there, the worst case? That nothing happens? That nothing happens? Yeah, and I he's think gone the only, and you're here. It's weird. When, when you said fear, I think the only thing I fear is the distance. And that can be resolved. Yes. Because the world is smaller today than ever precisely. before. <laughs> and it's weird because in every single other relationship I've ever been in, I've had 20 times more fear from the very beginning, from the first day of, mm, I'm not going to like the way that man drinks. Mm -hmm. or, I'm not going to like the way he speaks to his mom. I'm not going to like the way he chews or stupid things. Yeah. For me, it's like it's on the other side of the world and that can be easily resolved. So that's the only fear that I have because it's like, hmm, okay, that's a big step or that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a hurdle. And the number one way to overcome the fear is to start trusting yourself. Mm. That no matter what the outcome, you will be okay. Yeah, that's true. So that's once true. you know that and once you fully embrace and feel that, then the fear doesn't stand a chance anymore. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Cass. Right? So now then you go, what's the best case scenario? Best case scenario is we run off into the sunset <laughs> <laughs> and we're one big happy family. Um, okay, that's that's a really good piece yeah. of advice. And, and then when you look at the best case scenario, now you open up communication. Mm. Is that possible? Is that something that both of you want? Because mm. this is how we create conscious relationships. Yeah. We're not... One person's thinking one thing, the other one's thinking something else, and we're assuming that we're on the same page. No. In a conscious relationship, we open up the communication. We say, you know, this is what I see. Yeah, what do you is, see? Yeah. You know, as, as a possible future. And allowing both partners to be seen and heard and understood in, yeah. in every sense of the word. Um, yeah, that's crazy to think that um, there is a possibility of, of, of this being a potential Yes, no. and I think when, when, it's, when it's the right person, then both people are committed to doing what it takes. Yeah. You know, because you asked that question earlier on, like yeah. if, if it's that, will you do everything yeah. possible? Yeah. And I'm saying it depends on the person. Mm. And if this is someone that feels the same, that he, we have this connection, this is my person, mm. then it's going to show in the actions Exactly that. And that's, that's what we have to look so words for. Are, yeah. Words are great. Words are you can say, I mean, <laughs> we can talk the hind legs, hind legs yeah. of a donkey, but we need to put that into action as yes. well. And, I and think you have to see, are, are the actions matching the words? Yeah. So if you see that consistently, that's how we build trust. Yeah. 
right? So yeah, firstly, trust yourself that you'll trust be okay no matter what. No matter what the outcome is. And then yeah. build trust between the two of you by consistently doing what you say and saying what you do. That's how we consistently build, build trust. That is beautiful, Cass. Oh my goodness. I feel like you've taught me so much about relationships and I've had a few aha moments in this, uh, in this session. I'm just going to call this a coaching session because you've coached <laughs> me flat out. And I am, I'm so grateful. Thank you for everything you've, you've taught me in this. And I think that if you're listening to this and you are struggling with your own relationships with yourself, with others, um, finding those you know, ideal relationships or attracting the right partner. Cass, how do how do people contact you to be able to come to you for your <laughs> mastermind, this brilliant mind of yours, um, to help form their own conscious relationships? Okay. Um, can I give an email address? You so, are welcome to yeah. give whatever way they can contact you. All right. So it's info at nextlevelup.co.za. You heard it. Info at nextlevelup.coza. And uh, I think you guys need to book uh, a session with Cass and just uh, <laughs> just just tell her all of your fears and and traumas and <laughs> and whatever it is that you're struggling with in relationships. Yeah. And then I have a YouTube channel called Creating Epic Relationships. There we go. There's we lots of free videos Please there that you can go uh, subscribe <laughs> to our YouTube channel. And uh, I know you've got quite a few blogs. I'm actually on your website right now. And I've seen uh, quite a few interesting blogs that I'm going to go and sit and read over a glass oh, of wonderful. wine. <laughs> they are beautiful. And uh, you know what? You've This is the first kind of person in my entire life. I mean, I go to therapy, but we de deal with all the, tra the trauma <laughs> and the stuff that's happened to me in the past. But this is just such an uplifting and such a beautiful um program and journey to go on with yourself and to create you know epic relationships in the future oh, with yeah. others and i think you're doing amazing work and i'm so inspired i'm so inspired i'm actually excited i'm gonna go and message this man and be like <laughs> you're great <laughs> we're creating a conscious relationship <laughs> who knows brilliant if you're, if you're listening to this please don't run away <laughs> he's probably like and then i'll send you the 20 questions and the two of you can go through it together <laughs> oh, i'm excited about that although i do know what he looks like <laughs> but thank you Cass. thank you so much for joining this incredible podcast I really hope you guys have learned something incredibly epic from Cass tonight. You're amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on, on, on your show. And until <laughs> next time, I can't wait to have another conversation with Cass. You guys heard it from us tonight with myself and Cass and I do a conscious relationship creator and coach she's helping you guys figure out how to attract epic relationships and that is it for tonight I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Cass on creating epic and conscious relationships you can find her on her website nextlevelapp.coza and email her and book a session with her at bookings at nextlevelapp.coza if you guys want to just pick her brain a little bit more she is just so fascinating and so interesting and you best believe i'll be discussing a few things off air with her tonight and if you guys are enjoying this podcast please don't forget to send me a message on instagram at carla louise gailey and just give me some feedback i want to hear what you guys have to say what you guys want to hear what we want to talk about what you want me to talk about and um yeah like share Click the bell button on Spotify. Do whatever you want to do. 
I'm grateful that you guys listen to this and I'm grateful that you keep returning. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.